Hi, and welcome back to Reflect Forward. I'm your host, Carrie Siggins, and I'm so glad you are here today. Today is an advice from a CEO episode, and we're going to talk about the most common employee complaints and what you as a manager or leader can do to address them. So we all know that we don't have perfect workplaces and that our employees can feel overworked and stressed out and treated unfairly. And those complaints are legitimate. Even in great workplaces like Stone Age, we work so hard to curate our culture and to create a culture of caring and listening and feedback. It's not easy. Everybody is incredibly busy and we're moving fast and every leader is in a different place on their leadership journey. Some are really great at having tough conversations. Some are good at lining out workloads so people understand their expectations. Some people are good at helping their team work through issues and others aren't good at those things. And so a workplace can be really mixed. Uh, A lot of times it has to do with the specific manager, um, but sometimes it's company culture. And so I thought I would talk about these because there are things that we can do as leaders to fix it, because we as leaders need to fix these issues, address these issues, knowing that we're not going to always get it right and knowing that we can't fix all of the issues in our workplace uh, at once. It takes time to turn a toxic culture into a good culture. It takes time to turn a good culture into a great culture. And it always takes constant work to keep a culture great. And the reason I wanted to talk about this today is just to give you the top few most common employee complaints so you have them front and center so that you can start to dig into them. And I know it might feel a little overwhelming to start to address these things. I know that when our culture is ebbing and flowing right now, we're in a little bit of an ebb. We had a monster of a month, had a record setting month, and our teams are burnt out. They are tired. They have been doing more with less. And I know that that impacts morale. And and so it constantly ebbs and flows. And so It's not like once you fix one of these issues that it's done and it's going to be perfect forever. It takes constant vigilance, constant paying attention to your culture to make sure that you're addressing issues when they come up because they always will come up, especially if you're a growing company. All right. So what are the top most common complaints? First and foremost, communication. If you are not communicating well, your employees are in the dark. And when they are in the dark, they're telling themselves stories about what's going on. When you're in the dark, you get frustrated. You feel demoralized. Everybody wants to understand the why. They want to understand the why behind important decisions, changes that are coming down, updates within the company. And when they're not getting that information, they make up their own stories or they feel that maybe leadership doesn't trust them to know what's going on. Maybe they feel like there's broken processes that cause a lack of communication. Maybe there's a teammate that isn't doing a good job communicating and it's creating all kinds of issues. There's there's communication issues all throughout the organization. And in fact, communication issues are probably the number one reason why the world is in the state that it is because humans can unfortunately be such poor communicators. So to address this, this is what I suggest. One, do regular check-ins with your employees. I have weekly tag-ups with each one of my direct reports, and we talk about the things that are going on, updates that they need to know about. They can ask me questions. I can relay information. We can brainstorm things. Regular check-ins matter. It's the easiest way to be able to communicate with your employees. 
have regular check-ins. If you can't do one-on-ones weekly because you have too many direct reports, then certainly do it bi-weekly. It's so incredibly important to meet with your teammates to keep them informed. Email updates work very well. Uh, picking up the phone and calling people, um, pulling a team together when you need to communicate, making sure that you have all of the things that you need to communicate to your team written down so you don't miss one during your weekly team meetings or monthly team meetings, however you have them. You have to be diligent in making sure that you are communicating what's going on. And if you forget to communicate something or you assume that somebody else communicated it and it didn't, own it. Take responsibility for it. Don't get frustrated. Don't blame. Take responsibility for it because your job as a leader is to communicate. So these are some of the ways that we work on improving communication. I think that at Stone Age, where people get frustrated the most about a lack of communication would be because of poor processes. So my best advice to you is be as transparent as you can and be very committed to keeping your employees in the loop. Write the things down that you need to tell them and own it if you forget. So another common workplace complaint is unfair treatment. People want to be treated equally. They want to be compared fairly to their peers. And fairness is a tough one because I think everybody's definition of fair is different. So it's really hard for managers and leaders to say, well, this is what's fair for everybody because it might not feel that way to another employee. And I feel that we try to create fairness within a workplace with by using policies. And by all means, you need to have policies and you need to have procedures to create a framework. But I think where, pe- where leaders go wrong is that they don't take into consideration the individual situation or the situation that's happening with the team and then make the best judgment. What we do at Stone Age is we try to create a framework for decision making so that managers have some uh, guidance to be able to make decisions. They have some policies that are in place But they also have the latitude to consider what is going on with that individual situation and be able to make what a fair decision based on the rest of the team, but also for that person. Uh, We did this in COVID. I've shared this story before where we had, yes, definitely a framework with some policies of this is how we're going to do things. But we considered every single person's situation when making a determination of how to handle a potential COVID exposure or positive, positive test. And I think our employees really appreciated that. I think everybody wants to make sure that they're heard. So be very transparent in that framework. Be very transparent in how you're going to use policies to make decisions. Be consistent in how you apply the decision-making process to your employees. And this will make people feel like they are getting a fair shot, that their team is being treated fairly. When it comes to pay and promotions and work assignments, I think this is incredibly important. In Colorado, we have a transparency in pay law, and I personally love it. I know lots of people don't, lots of leaders don't, but I think it makes things so much better. That transparency, it creates accountability. It creates trust that everybody understands what compensation looks like, and it forces companies to be fair. Same thing with promotions, about how we go about looking at internal candidates for promotions. We have a very fair process that everybody follows. Everybody has to submit a resume and a cover letter. Everybody goes through an interview process. We want people to feel like they get a fair shot at that promotion, um, even if they are up against a couple of their own peers. 
So this is really an important aspect. There are things that you can do as a leader to make sure that you are creating as fair of a workplace as possible. And when you have to do something differently, when you have to handle a situation differently, talk about it. Don't hide it. Be honest about why you handled a certain situation differently than you handled it a previous time. And that will at least create trust, even if someone's upset that their situation was treated differently. Another common complaint, actually, I'm going to put two together, and that is excess workload and a lack of resources. When people feel like they have too much work on their plate, when people do have too much work on their plate, they get burnt out. They feel dissatisfaction in their jobs. When you can never do enough, when there's always too much work to be done in a day, that is really tough. That goes hand in hand with not enough resources. When you don't have enough headcount to do your job, when you don't have the tools that you need to do your job, that adds frustration too. I think those two complaints are really common and they kind of go together. And it's something that managers need to address, but it's a really tough one to address. With the pressure of hitting numbers, with the pressure of cutting costs, with the pressure of making sure that you can stay agile in these volatile times, it's real. It is at Stone Age. We just had a monster of a month. We had our uh, a record-setting month, and I'm worried about a recession. And so I'm managing things so tightly so that if for some reason the economy does contract, which I'm expecting it to, um, I don't know how deep it will be or how long it will last, but I'm planning on it happening this year. Man, I have to manage resources and headcount so carefully. So I totally get why my employees are feeling that way. I feel that way too. So it is a really tough one to address. But here are my suggestions. One, talk about it. That's the most important thing you can do. Talk about workloads, talk about lack of resources, and handle it transparently. Here's what we can do. Here's what we can't do and, and why. At least people understand, even if it doesn't fix the situation, even if they don't like what they hear, at least you're being transparent. Then work on workloads, right? What can you take off their plates? What can you deprioritize? How do you make sure that the workload is manageable? Do that and then hold yourself accountable to not putting more workload on your employees. Having your employees burn out is the worst possible thing. And having too much work on their plates doesn't actually make them produce more. We have a certain capacity that we can reach every day. And when we are stressed out, all it does is cause us to shut down. So deprioritize things, help them go through their list of things to do and say, this doesn't have to happen. This doesn't have to happen. This doesn't, these two things, these are the most important. Let's focus on that. When it comes to resources, same thing. How can you pull from other teams to be able to come in and help with a certain situation? How can you improve a process that would maybe ease the need for resources? How can you identify those resources that are needed and try to get them what they need? And sometimes the hard truth is that you have to stop doing certain things to be able to address this. We talk about this as a leadership team at Stone Age all the time. What do we need to stop doing? And it is so hard to make those decisions, especially when you see how they're going to bring so much value to your customers and really change the company, or drive home a strategic initiative. But we cannot keep putting so much work on our teams that they can't get it done. 
And this is something that I grapple with all the time. How do we say, no, we're not doing this, even though it's an important initiative, we're not doing it because we don't have the bandwidth to do it. We can't hire the people we need to go do this project. So we're going to have to back burner it. That's a really tough one. Another common complaint is lack of recognition. When people do not feel like their managers or leaders see that they're doing a good job, they wonder, why am I here doing this? And I don't think there are many people who feel like they get enough recognition. It is something that is so easy to do. You just have to remember to do it and you have to be sincere when you're doing it. But giving recognition, it's the easiest thing you can do to improve morale. Telling somebody that they did a great job, saying thank you, I really appreciate for that work, celebrating achievements and milestones and contributions. You can do this verbally. You can do this through awards. You can do this through incentives. You can do this through promotions. There's so many ways that you can show your employees that you value them, that you recognize them, and that you appreciate their contributions, and it will improve morale. So easy one to do. Easiest one on this list that I'm giving you to do is to just give more recognition. So the next major complaint is poor management. Poor management is why most people leave companies. You can have a great manager in a company culture that's horrible and have a team that's thriving because of a great manager. But when you have a bad manager, it is demoralizing and very frustrating. So how companies need to address this is management development. And it's not an easy thing. It takes time. It takes time to develop delegation skills and conflict resolution skills, communication skills, feedback giving skills, feedback taking skills. But it's the most important thing you can do. Last year at Stone Age, we put in a training program for our joint management team, which is all of our mid-level managers. And it was so well received and they were thriving. And it fell off uh, in 2023 uh, because we didn't have it scheduled uh, appropriately. And there wasn't a, a single person who was in charge of it. And when nobody's responsible for it, it doesn't get done. And several of our JMT members came to me and said, hey, we really miss this. We need training. We need to meet together. We need to find ways to have more interaction with the executive management team. How can we do this? And so I, am, I was so appreciative of that feedback and their self-leadership and coming forward. And it made me kick myself going like, oh, gosh, I, I needed to make sure that that was still happening. Uh, and to put a person in charge of making sure that it was happening because it is such an important thing to do. Developing your managers, developing your management skills, it's such a critical thing to be able to create a culture where people want to come to work and do their very best. The job of a leader, the job of a great manager is to inspire people to do their very best work. Poor management is the fastest way to demoralize a team. And if you have poor managers and they can't make improvements, then you have to let them go because otherwise you will have employees who leave the company, who are frustrated. You will see a hit on morale. You have to address it. And finally, the last complaint that I want to talk about is workplace culture and job insecurity. When people are in constant fear, they are not going to do their best. When they feel like they just have to fall in line and keep their mouth shut because they don't want to lose their jobs, that is not a good culture. And I promise you, your employees are talking about it to each other. If you have a culture of fear and that is just continuing to perpetuate itself. So to address these issues, you've got to work on having a positive culture. You need to create psychological safety. You have to promote open communication, collaboration, and teamwork. And the only way to do that is to do it as a leader. 
And like I said, it's not easy to do, especially if you do have a toxic workplace. But even if you do have a toxic workplace um, in your company, you as a manager can still address these things. You can help set clear expectations for your team. You can give feedback. You can give praise and recognition. You can let them know that they are valued and that they have career paths. And that is how you can help people in your team feel like their job isn't at risk. But this is a big one. This is why people don't speak up, right? I'm going to get fired. If I put my neck out there, I'm going to get fired. If I take this risk, I'm going to get fired. If I make a mistake, I'm going to get fired. There is no way that you have a good culture if you have employees who feel this way. Now, sometimes those are the stories they tell themselves. Even if you have a good workplace culture like Stone Age, I know for sure my employees still feel like this, right? Because it's human nature. It's, it's so easy to let yourself off the hook by saying, if I say this, I'm going to get fired or I'm going to get reprimanded and not do it. And so it is very real. I understand that's a real fear and leaders have to work really, really hard, really closely with their teams to help remove the barriers for open, honest communication so that you don't have a toxic workplace culture where people feel like they're going to lose their jobs. All right. So those are the top complaints uh, in a workplace and the things that leaders and managers can do to address them. Overall, your goal needs to be to improve employee morale and productivity. It does make a better workplace. It does make for a more successful company when you have employees who thrive. And if you have employees who continuously complain about these things and you do not address them as a leader, then you are going to see your culture decline. So improve communication, treat employees fairly, address workload concerns, provide recognition, provide adequate resources, improve management teams, and offer a positive workplace. If you do these things, you can help your employees feel valued and supported and thrive. It's not easy. I get it. I can feel overwhelming. Just looking at this list going, ooh, I might have to address that here at Stone Age. Um, yeah, I, can, I get it. it. It can be really tough. Okay, on to my question of the week. So this came from a friend of mine, and she said, my boss is incredibly insecure and is so worried about looking bad that she doesn't trust her team. I don't feel like she trusts me. What can I do to earn her trust? I will tell you that dealing with an insecure boss can be so incredibly challenging. I had this earlier in my career and I felt completely roadblocked by him. And I didn't understand at the time that he was very insecure, but I recognize that now that I have more experience as a leader. And so I didn't do all of these things that I'm going to uh, suggest now. I actually wound up leaving the company. Uh, and I don't want you to have to do that. There are things that you can do if you have an insecure boss. Now, doesn't mean that you're going to fix her. And it's fact, in fact, it is not even your responsibility to fix those insecurities. But there are things you can do to help earn that trust so that maybe he or she can relax a little bit and give you more autonomy and be a better leader. So. Number first thing you can do is communicate effectively. Keep your boss informed on what you're working on. Make sure that you're reporting progress. Be clear and concise in your communication. Don't be defensive or confrontational. Communicate effectively. So how I would do it is, hey, I'm working on these things. These are the progress. This is the progress that I made. These are the roadblocks that I'm facing. Um, just wanted to keep you in the loop. You know, do you have any feedback for me, advice? Um, that would be how I would handle communicating effectively. 
Many times you want to pull back just because when you have an insecure boss who might be micromanaging or get defensive or be authoritative, you pull back, but you don't want to do that. You want to do the opposite. Lean into communicating effectively. Number two, be dependable, right? There's a reason why a boss is afraid, um, and it's usually because they're worried about the looking bad, right? They're a per perfectionist, uh, uh, which comes from a lot of insecurity. And so if they feel like they can't depend on you, they are not going to trust you. So consistently deliver quality work, meet your deadlines, take responsibility if you make any mistakes, show that you are a dependable person. Your boss will trust you more if they see that you are accountable to your actions and you show up with responsibility and dependability. The next thing is to build a relationship. You cannot have trust in a relationship if you don't take the time to build a relationship. So get to know your boss. Find out what their interests are. Try to build a rapport with them. Ask questions. Care. Show that you care. Even if maybe he or she holds you at arm's length reach, if you work to build that rapport uh, and meet them where they are at, you will build a relationship. And when you have that relationship, your boss will start to trust you a little bit more. Offer solutions. Now, this one's a tough one for me because I think always offer solutions. Now, I'm a big believer that leaders should never say, don't bring me problems, only bring me solutions. Um, I talked about this on a previous podcast. I think that shuts people down. Your job as a leader, as a good manager, is to help your employees solve problems. And if they can't solve it, if they can't come up with a solution, then you need to sit down with them and help them. But if you have a boss who's insecure, don't bring them problems. Do bring them solutions. This is a really good way to show that you are dependable, trustworthy, and that you're not going to just dump it on their laps or ignore it so that it doesn't get fixed, which will eventually not make that person look good. So if you see a problem, come up with a solution and present it to your boss. Show that you're proactive and that you can be trusted to solve problems. Just make sure that you are bringing him or her along. Uh, never, ever, 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 ever let your boss be blindsided, especially if you have an insecure boss. So that's why you need to be able to provide solutions, but don't hide a problem because if you blindside that person, it will not build trust. So. Come up with solutions to your problems and be transparent along the way, always bringing your boss along for what's happening. And then finally, be patient. I know that this is a tough one, especially when you're frustrated that your boss doesn't trust you and you have to deal with those insecurities, but building trust takes time. And a lot of people are naturally distrustful. It's part of what makes them a little bit insecure. Maybe they've been burned before. Like you don't know their story. You don't know why they feel like they have to show up in the way that they're showing up. You don't know where those insecurities are coming from. So be patient, be consistent in your efforts, be compassionate, don't take things personally, and your boss will start to trust you more over time. And then if you do all these things and it doesn't change and you really just have an insecure boss that isn't right for you, then you have to look at your career. You have to look at your choices. You have to look at the type of culture that you want to be part of. Remember, nobody else is responsible for your career but you. No one else is responsible for your happiness. If this is causing you to be anxious, to be stressed out, to disengage in your work, then maybe it's time to look at a different role within the company. 
How can you work for a different leader? Do you maybe need to take a different direction, go to a different company? I know that that is a scary thing, but you need to make sure that you are taking care of you. And if you are working for a boss that isn't effective for your style, for what you need, and you do not feel like you can grow with that person, then consider doing something different. I know that's what I did when I left my insecure boss. Um, you know, I have mixed feelings about it. It was really tough to leave that company. I learned so much. But looking back on it, like, I wish I would have tried some of these things. I wish I would have been more compassionate. I wish I wouldn't have just said, well, he's the boss. He should figure this out. He should be this way. I didn't take ownership and responsibility to um, prove that I was a reliable. I didn't take that next step of self-leadership to say, maybe there's some things that I can do that would help build trust rather than just being angry, upset, and taking it personally all the time. So remember, again, it's not your responsibility to fix those insecurities. However, by being reliable, trustworthy team member, you can help to create a more positive workplace culture for everyone on the team and start to build more trust with your boss. So those are my tips. Um, hopefully those helped today. I'm so glad that you were here. I hope that this was useful to you. I'm going to leave you to your day and I will see you next week. And if you like this podcast, please like it, write a review, subscribe to it, uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. I always appreciate the support and it helps with the algorithms. Thanks so much. Have a great day. See you next week.